Good evening. I'm Marcus Leader, and I would like to invite you on a journey of discovery as I pull back the veil and give you a glimpse of the multiverse through the eyes of a Toltec shaman. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and turn down the lights. You're now listening to The Shaman's Brew. In this show, we're going to continue with the roundtable discussion between Mark Macy and myself, conducted by Ghostly Talk, concerning the topic of ITC, or Instrumental Trance Communication. Uh, in other words, uh, speaking to spirits and other entities on the other side of the veil. At the break, we're going to hear from Peter Fippen again, uh, with a tune entitled spirit world. With that, we will continue with uh, Mark Macy and myself speaking about ITC. And I, ha- I also have a device in my lab called the Luminator, and uh, it tends to uh, shrink the veil or make the veil thinner, the veil that you were talking about earlier, Marcus. And uh, the fellow who invented this luminator once put three of them in his house and uh, spanning two different rooms with a wall between the luminators. And when he turned them all on, uh, after a little while, he, he leaned his head against the wall and his head went through the wall like it was going through a, a beam of light. And uh, he said that he told me that something entered, enter, entered our world through this vortex that he'd created kind of a melting away of the physical realm allowing this vortex something very unpleasant came through I guess he, he never went into, he didn't go into detail with me I don't know if he had a lot of detail but, um, so the, the point was I guess that as we create these doorways which I know are going to be happening in this century we have to be very careful about uh, where we open it as you said as you said earlier about the, the medium sitting in the being able to, to um, adjust the vortex a little bit so that it could open up to a certain realm or vibration in spirit. If that's true, then that would be one solution to this problem, which would be uh, opening up bridges carefully. The other solution, the one that we were using in, in it, uh, was to work closely with a spirit group. They are intimately familiar on their side uh, about where we can open these vortexes to get very positive results in our world. And so uh, I think before, my feeling is that before we can start opening these bridges, we have to, first of all, establish a rapport with a spirit group who can, who can communicate with us not only on the mental uh, mediumship level, but also on the ITC level, so they can send lots of objective information to us through computers and through telephones and radios and TVs and other equipment. And then we can begin to make plans and specific strategies for opening these bridges. Um, But without that communication with the spirit world where all the knowledge is, it's going to be very difficult and it's going to be a crapshoot and we could get ourselves in a lot of trouble. And Now, Mark, you were... um talking before about how the the entities uh, that you communicate with on the other side um, 
how they, you know, different methods they use with telephones, computers, uh, you know, through uh, radios and televisions and different methods you use to receive signals. Do you, have they ever given you any indication revealing the nature of the techniques used on the other side to facil facilitate those type of communications? Do they have a technology or is it more of a mental type uh, process? Um, they've assured us that in a, in a telephone conversation I had with Konstantin Radov, I asked him that question and he said basically it's up to my reception, psychic reception, to make these contacts happen. But he did acknowledge that they do use equipment on their side and uh, it's not somewhere far off in space as we consider space. You know, they, they bring their equipment right into the room or the lab with us and make it interact directly with our equipment, our, our dense physical world equipment. And um, he said they were going to send blueprints of their equipment through a colleague of mine named Hans, but that never came about. I guess the, the bridge broke down before they were able to do that. Yeah, the, the reason I ask is because I've recently, through the device that, um, you know, the device I have, I call it TDR, trans-dimensional uh, receiver. Um, I'm in the process of building the transmitter. Uh, it's, it operates on a much higher voltage, and I burned it up. But uh, the receiver is is designed to work with subtle energy. And I recently, um, just this weekend, in fact, I received uh, a message through. Usually, I've just been getting sounds and oscillations and vibrations. I got a pretty clear message. I think uh, Will has it in his email. Oh, we have it. It's ready to play if you want to play. Oh, it. good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, um, and that's what I was wondering because it's it came across more as a EVP. It's a clear EVP, but um, there was a lot of real low frequency um, vibrations coming through, and there was so much, in fact, that uh, uh, I had to filter them out because it was just. It was like it was taking words and it was counteracting the waves of the words. You couldn't hear it. And so I, I dropped down a lot of the frequencies. And, it, you know, it's my belief, you know, I don't have too much to go on yet, but it's my belief that the uh, low-frequency uh, hum and oscillations are, well, actually it's high-frequency there, but by the time I bring it down to audible level here, it's, um, it's, I think the energy flow of that particular space, either that or through the buffering zone, the veil that I'm picking up. But um, yeah, the uh, the voice came across, and I don't know exactly what it was trying to say, or if it just came across as a voice, or I didn't know if you knew if they had communication equipment over there, you know, of a different type that they use. But yeah, you you guys can play that if you want anytime. Yeah, do you yeah. want to do you want to hear that? I'd like to hear it, yeah, definitely. Well, can you fire it up and, and don't forget to put it in their channel so that they can hear it. And uh, the f we, we actually have two of them. Do you want TDR Event 12? They're actually the same one. What you want, because the first one I sent, after I uh, sent it, I, I played it again just to make sure, and a lot of the sound was disappearing on my end. I don't know if it disappeared on yours, but the one that came through real clear after I filtered a lot of the sound out was the, uh, I think it's called uh, TDR Event 12F as a threat. Okay, you see, so we'll play that one then, right? Yeah, that's, that's the one you want to hear. Let's see what it sounds like for our equipment. Well, 
Obviously, it says whatever you are doing. Yeah, I didn't hear it come through here. Oh, you didn't hear it? No. Did, did I heard a little? I heard a little bit. Yeah. Can Can you turn it up a little bit, Will? Maybe two notches. Uh, hopefully, this doesn't like blast out your phones. We're just going to yeah, turn it up. You have subwoofers there. Don't uh, turn those on. It'll shake your walls down. Um. Well, you know, <laughs> I have. <laughs> You guys, I, I happen to have um, uh, some some headphones that I had bought, and these headphones I, I bought I I paid way more for headphones than I thought I would ever in my entire life, right? But I figure, well, I do ghostly talk every single week, right? I should get some good headphones. <clears throat> so when I got them, uh, we we would play you know play the opening theme song to Ghostly Talk, and I'm like, you guys, there's something wrong with the theme song. It's like it's pounding in my ears because these things have pretty phenomenal um, uh, sub you know the the low low frequency response. So as that was playing, I don't know if you guys could see this, Bonnie. I want you to watch. I, I think these things are actually vibrating off my head when that plays. Okay, I'll watch. So, so go ahead and play it, Will. And, Bonnie, watch my, my headphones and see if they shake off my head. Whatever you are doing. No. They, could you see them move? No. No. But I could definitely hear that. Um, uh, Mark Macy, did you hear that? I did. It sounds very encouraging. I, like the first thing I said tonight was that I think Marcus is heading in a good direction with his work, the way he described the subtle technologies he's using for this, this particular piece of equipment. And I, I have a feeling that this is just the beginning. I think as he keeps working on it, this, it takes a spirit group time and uh, opportunity to keep working on the, equip, the equipment on our side where they can start working with it more effectively. And I think if, if you got a voice, that sounded like a pretty good voice. I mean, very clear coming through. Did you uh, recognize I, it? <laughs> I couldn't quite make out what was being said. It was, I think, three or four syllables. It says, whatever you are doing. Well, whatever he's doing is probably right. So I would say... Doing, I don't know if it means whatever you're doing is working or whatever you're doing is pissing me off. <laughs> 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 it's... Um, it, it's clear enough, you know, it's hard to hear on the phone like that, but it's it's clear enough so that you can almost distinguish an accent. It almost sounds like a Native American. Mm. That's good. I'd, I'd say keep doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. Well, so, so that you know, so that you know, it is crystal clear. Uh, I, I know that on uh, even on the Ghostly Talk archives, because by the time those things, you know, they're they're compressed and you know low bit rate and all that kind of stuff, uh, you, you won't be able to hear uh, probably very much. But uh, it, it is absolutely in the headphones, 100% crystal clear. The you know the the um, beat, the vum, 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 vum noise. Uh, I don't even know if they heard that, <laughs> but, but I heard it. It was uh, effective. It was very effective uh, in moving my headphones around. And uh, But then this voice comes, and it says, whatever you are, and then there's a slight pause, doing. And it is crystal clear, 100%, and, and it's a whole sentence, or the beginning of a sentence. Can you play it one more time so I'll listen now that I know what it's saying? Can you, yeah, and... What, was the volume too low on your end, on the other side Little of the bit. phone? Uh, can you turn up the volume? Just crank it as as high as you think needs to go, Will. And um, 
and let's play it and see what see what comes up. Better, yeah, I can hear that one. And I mean, you can hear the 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 I, when you when you hear the words, you can hear the words crystal clear. Doing, he enunciates this voice enunciates doing. I mean, it's enunciated. This is, you know, uh, very very clear. And that Marcus, that uh, sort of. Uh, now I'm nervous. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's like really absolutely amazing. That was that device has no kind of microphone or anything. That's uh, that was signals that were uh, captured. It, it actually, um, you know, if you look at the picture there, you'll see um, the crystal in the center of the uh, the glass enclosing encasement, and that crystal uh, is actually coincidentally called the spirit crystal, is the term for it. And it's an amethyst crystal that has hundreds and hundreds of little hair-like crystals surrounding it. And uh, those crystals, those hair-like crystals, I think is what makes it possible to detect the subtle energy changes. Because there's, I have two, uh, two fields overlapping. There's a, a subtle energy field and an electric field. It's about a 3,000 volt electric field in there. And the, um, the crystal is picking up oscillations. The, the electric field, that, you know, the crystal is charged uh, electrically, and it doesn't uh, have any oscillations. But there's a subtle energy field. This, this is part of the technology I actually discovered by accident. But um, uh, I found a way to. It doesn't actually generate subtle energy. Um, it's it more makes it a, makes a space available for subtle energy to accumulate. And uh, it's used with uh, beryllium crystals, which are emeralds, and uh, gold-plated silicon nodules. And the emeralds sit down into that, and uh, the nodules act like capacitors. They seem to store that energy. And I think they're also a conduit. You know, a lot of this is speculation because I haven't had enough test run on it yet, but I just know it works that way. And it, what it does is it builds up a field of um, the energy that's from these other dimensions and uh, that energy surrounds the electric field and the electric field because there's no way to detect subtle energy um, with our equipment and so that electric field actually is close enough so that it, it can interact with subtle energy and then if something from the other side uh, whether it's conscious or not if it affects that subtle energy field then it causes the electric field uh, to resonate in tune with it and that causes the crystal to uh, send off signals. And that's that's actually what picked up that voice was the crystal. Okay, then how do you actually record it? Is, it, is the recording medium the, a computer or yeah. a tape? Yeah, it's, tape? it's fed from there. It's, the signal's amplified, and it's fed uh, through a, uh, a mixer so I can filter some of it out and then into the computer, and then it's recorded there, and I can also further you know, enhance it by removing you know, different... So you filter it real time? Yeah. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah, uh, how do you hook it up? How, it, you run a wire to this crystal or to... Wh where is... Th there's no microphone. I don't That's get it. That's going to the audio input, right? Yeah, that goes uh, that goes into the amplifier circuits, actually. the um, there's, If you look at the picture closely, you'll see 
uh, red wire uh, coming out of the uh, top of the crystal, and that comes down and out the system, and uh, that's that's what picks up the uh, the signals, and then that's fed through and amplified, and then it it can be filtered or it can be fed directly into the computer and filtered after it's recorded. Wow. I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break. I, I, I waited 15 minutes, 16 minutes too long, but uh, I needed to hear all that <laughs> because that was amazing. Do, do we have uh, one more break that we can take? Let's do that, and then we're going to do a, a, a final final blast through uh, like 40-minute segment or whatever and uh, and try and get all these loose ends wrapped up and everybody's questions answered and... and uh, so that's the plan. Tell you what, <laughs> we'll t- we'll talk more after the after the break. And this is the perfect time for us to take a break as well. So with that, I'm going to present you with the amazing Peter Fippen and his composition called "Spirit World" from his album "Echoes of the Past." Thank you. 
we are here talking with uh, Mark Macy of WorldITC.org and Marcus Leader of Leader Research. And uh, Marcus, is there a LeaderResearch.com? Um, yeah, in fact, that's what it is, is uh, www.leaderresearch.com. And um, right now there's a page up there, but the, the main site with all the good information and stuff will, will be probably a week away before it goes up. Okay. I've been working on that over the last uh, couple of weeks, but haven't quite got it ready. But there is a site there now you know, with email contact. Isn't it amazing the, the amount of work that has to go into this kind of thing? Because not only, not only nowadays, and they, <laughs> time is, means nothing to me, but uh, got all these different tools. We, uh, now, if you're an independent researcher, such as uh, both Mark and Marcus, you not only have to do your independent research, uh, talk with as many people as possible about your research and the directions you're going and the thoughts and get ideas and, and, and put them all, organize them, design experiments, perform the experiments, and do all that normal work. But now you also have the added, um, although it would be a burden of love, uh, the added burden, excuse me, the added burden of love to present this stuff to the world, and we have the internet to do that, which means you have to become a web designer. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of hats. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of hats uh, in in this nowadays, and and but I have to I have to say, if it weren't for the internet, none of this. I, I wouldn't have known any of this. Uh, maybe eventually Nova would have uh, popped into one of your two different labs and 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 did some kind of special, or or one of the uh, one of the uh, uh, cable and satellite channels would have popped in and done some kind of special on it. And then I would have found out and been as interested as as I was in ITC way way back when I first saw uh, ITC in action was on like a Nova or that kind of. Uh, of a program on PBS back before they had cable TV. And it was video ITC at the time. I mean, they, they were showing images in the fuzz or in the infinite image created by pointing a camera at at itself. <laughs> they, they pointed a camera at, I don't know if it was a mirror or right at the TV, or but, but they pointed it at something and it, it created this infinite image and these figures would walk around in there. It was really freaky. And the, that was my f first recollection but, uh, of, of, hey, technology can be used for this kind of thing. And, and that was very interesting to me. But nowadays, yeah, nowadays you've got to uh, get out there on the Internet to, to get known. And th that's why I'm glad that uh, we could get together tonight and talk about some of this heavy stuff. Um, before we go into any more questions, because I have questions, and I can ask you guys questions all night, but what about questions you guys have for each other? Um, uh, I know, I know a couple have been going back and forth, but as you've gotten to know each other over the show and through, through evidently emails that happened before the show, uh, what, what kinds of things uh, for each other do you guys have? Well, uh, during the break, um, I asked Marcus about the technique he used to get this voice through, and uh, um, he was talking about uh, how when it... I was wondering if the voice could be heard real time because that's when you make that transition over to ITC. Um, but, but at the present time, Marcus said that he's, it uh, has a very low frequency hum that kind of drowns out, all, all, drowns out the voice and all the other little pieces of 
uh, audio that come through. So what he's going to start developing is kind of a real-time filter that filters out the low frequency in the process of recording the uh, sound onto the computer so that I would suspect that in three months he'll be able to dialogue with people on the other side, and which, which would be uh, another major breakthrough like Spiricom. I, I'm hoping that that's what happens. It, it sounds real promising to me anyway. Yeah, and, and one thing that um, I'd like to clarify is that, you know, our objectives um, with this research, you know, Mark and I, uh, is to further both spiritual and scientific knowledge, you know, of our, of our uh, multiverse. Um, communication with the dead is, is one aspect of our research, uh, but it's only part of what we hope to achieve uh, besides opening up uh, brief communication channels with our loved ones uh, who've crossed over. We're also hoping to make contact with other living entities that are dwelling in other dimensional realities. Uh, entities like spirit guides, um, you know, spiritual teachers, um, maybe even higher order like angelic uh, creatures. Uh, plus non-human entities, meaning they've never been in human form, uh, both inorganic and uh, organic and uh, possibly even, and this is a stretch, but possibly even other dimensional races, including uh, things like shadow people that you've heard about or possibly alien beings, because I don't think, you know, there are, I think there are aliens, you know, that's a topic for another show, but I don't think they use our energy system to communicate. I think they're using a subtle energy, so it's also a possibility we may tap into that. I agree 100%. I think uh, when we talk about the veil, we're talking about um, a boundary between our physical world, which is very limited, to all sorts of different realities which exist on the other side. They're all flourishing with life. They're all superimposed over our own physical world. So they're not separated from us by distance or by time, but just by vibration. So as we learn how to use these subtle energies, um, We'll be able to open doors to all sorts of beings. We've we've gotten contacts from these ethereal beings uh, who've never been in a physical body. They've they say they've followed our world for tens of thousands of years, and they've given us information about the earliest civilization that happened after the fall of Atlantis, and how Atlantis itself developed from uh, inhabitants of a planet in our physical solar system called Marduk, between Mars and Jupiter, which exploded. Um, it was destroyed by their technologies, and so the castaways who were colonized here on Earth uh, began to crossbreed with the primitive hominids who were native to this planet, and that's how we came about. I mean, once you open the door to these higher, intelligent, higher intelligences, we are going to inherit all sorts of information about our heritage and our future and the many, many worlds that, that coexist with us, invisible to our senses and our sciences at the present time. I was talking on a, a previous show, I think, about uh, Atlantis. Was I talking about a previous show or about Atlantis on a previous show about their power systems? I, th I think it was uh, Dagobah and Larson. No, no, it was more recent than that. It was like a week ago or two weeks ago. I don't remember. Maybe I was talking on the phone. But anyway, I was talking about power systems, and 
Uh, it was postulated, I know it was on the show, I was speaking about power systems and uh, how they took out the overhead wires in Utica, and that was here. And That was last week. Doug Yerchi. I was talking with Doug Yerchi. Uh, I, I'm an absolute fan of Doug Yerchi, by the way. And they, um, he postulated that uh, the power system that was used in Atlantis, which has been described uh, by Edgar Casey and by uh, several other um, outlets, that uh, that it was based on crystals, and it 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 fed power through the air. You didn't need wires, and and of course, as everybody knows. Uh, uh, I, I would like it to be a wireless world. I, I despise plugging in all these wires every day or every week, you know, even for ghostly talk. But the, um, uh, and, and this power system, though, is so incompatible with our current power system of, you know, t taking high, high tension wires and, and, and putting, you know, however many millions or whatever of volts in through them and then uh, uh, having them zing across the country through distribution stations and, 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 and then, of course, uh, causing cancer in the people who live near them, things like that. But it's so incompatible, this, this kind of power, that, uh, that it could actually cause quite a ruckus to power up both systems at the same time. Have we ruined some opportunities by using alternating current electricity as we know it, is that setting a limiting factor to ITC or, or, or um, the, the between, you know, talking between us and other dimensions? Is, is that setting up a, a harmful vibration on the earth just because we're using this, this 120 hertz uh, alternating current? Um. Uh-oh. <laughs> go ahead. You go first, Marcus. Um, I think the, um, the alternating current you're talking about, the frequency, uh, will interfere with a lot of different uh, technology that we have. Uh, of course, you can filter a lot of that out, uh, you know, too, with, with filters. Um, as far as dealing with subtle energy, it, it kind of bypasses all that. It doesn't, it interacts to a certain point, but I, I personally, I don't think it'll, it'll interfere too much. I mean, it's, it would probably be better without it, but uh, uh, I think there are ways to get around that. Um, I think when, when Nikola Tesla was uh, working with his technologies, he said that he had, he would be able to, um, if using the right frequencies, He'd be able to use the Earth as a carrier to transmit power and information to any place in the world. But if he used the wrong frequencies, he could split the split the Earth apart like an apple. And so I think when you're dealing with these subtle energies, that they're not really subtle at all. We just call them subtle because we can't detect them with our sciences. But in in reality, I mean, like the Bible says, subtle is the Lord, uh, which means you know it's infinite power uh, and I think that's the same problem Atlantis felt and also this planet Marduk uh, once you start working with subtle energies in the physical domain the possibility of uh, mishaps can be pretty devastating I guess <laughs> so it, it's, a, it's a technology we'll have to get into kind of carefully also and, uh, but I, I do see 
as you said, that, um, there's tremendous promise with this. I mean, we'll be able to replace all the current energy sources and uh, light the world up in the most in a very clean and uh, infinitely available way. Interesting, because I've heard this now. Um, there, I'm drawing some lines here. We have indeed talked with Diane Goodman Larson, who, through um, meditation and techniques, uh, was transported back, not her physical body, but her her being, was trans, tra uh, transferred back in time to when uh, she was a, I think she called it a scientist priest, um, in Atlantis. Okay, so if, if uh, Diane Goodman Larson is of absolutely impeccable integrity and has written widely on on the topic and and is not does not appear to have any um, you know any anything against people who don't believe her or for people who don't who do believe her, just this is what she says she experienced, and, and she presents it quite that way. She says she was back in Atlantis. She was a, a, a scientist priest and was um, uh, uh, there and described the breakup of Atlantis and, and why it was happening. It actually coincided a bit, uh, quite a bit, with uh, what Doug Yurchie was saying about Atlantis and, and about the power systems. And now, now I'm wrapping it into into this conversation, and I'm hearing, okay, uh, marriage of technology and uh, uh, um, uh, technology and spirituality, scientist priest. That was her function. <laughs> she was a scientist priest, not a scientist, not a priest, but a scientist priest. That's in the title itself is a marriage of technology and uh, spirituality. And then um, uh, the, there's many similarities to all three descriptions of, of uh, uh, well, four if you include Edgar Cayce himself, is, is uh, in the power mechanism. And so, so I'm, I'm, I'm drawing all these lines. It's not really a comment or a question. I just wanted to let everyone know that I do see underlying similarities between the different people I've talked to over the years in, in what they're saying. And everybody's coming at it from a, a slightly different angle. So I don't know if everybody's ever met each other, which is why, again, I'm glad that we're doing this and having both Mark and Marcus on the telephone today. Um, and and like, um, like Mark was saying you know, about subtle energy, subtle energy is not subtle at all. Uh, you can take, like, uh, one cubic yard of any space, and it has enough subtle energy in that cubic uh, yard of space to boil, uh, boil all the oceans on the Earth. So it's, it's an enormous amount of energy you're talking about, and I believe other civilizations did have ways to tap into that. And um, yeah. you know, that was a different technology than, than we have today. And, you know, and what you were saying about scientists, priests, I think 100 years from now, I don't know if they're going to be calling people scientists, priests or not, but I do know that a uh, hundred years from now, the Newtonian model that science has used for the past several hundred years is going to be basically taken apart piece by piece and built, re rebuilt upon a whole new foundation of spirituality and subtle energy. It's going to be a totally new science, and 
I mean, there's no future for the science that's been going on for the past several centuries. That it, it's there's just no future in it because it's come to a dead end. It's, um, it's looked outward. In, it's looked outward into the galaxies and stars, and it's looked inward into the cells and molecules, but it hasn't looked in the other direction, which is uh, alternate realities that are superimposed over our own. And even mainstream uh, scientists uh, like Dr. Uh, uh, Miku Akaku? Yeah, Mishio Akaku. That's his name. I always mess that up. Uh, even he's you know, talking about things like that, spirituality and uh, other dimensions. And they're actually you know, discovering this and rewriting physics as we speak. So, you know, there's, there's changes underway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I hope so, <laughs> because other than that, it's, it's going to be more of the same. And uh, one of the smartest uh, people I know used to tell me over and over again, if you want to keep getting what you, you're getting, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and that's actually a, a, a negative thing, <laughs> because usually people want more than whatever they have now. So I want more knowledge. I want more... Uh, I don't personally want more money, but, you know, more things, more people, more friendships, more uh, opportunity, more, you know, you always want more for some reason. It's, it's a human thing. You know, money has kind of gotten, a, money's gotten kind of a bad rap. The fact is that money can be used to uh, bring out all aspects of human nature. It can magnify our negative side, which is destructive, or it can give us all the things we need in our life and in the lives of our friends and family and it can be a, I mean, it's basically subtle energy turned material in this world. And so there's nothing wrong with wanting more money because that's how we achieve the things we need to achieve. And I think money's gotten kind of a bad rap. I'm sorry, I got a lot of oh, track. Oh, I believe it could be a metaphor for, for subtle energy, definitely. A real, me an identifiable metaphor. Yeah, I like to think of money as a lubricant. It helps you slide through life. <laughs> well, if, if only one of us were in Nebraska, because that's where the uh, the Powerball winning ticket for what three hundred and eighty million it was bought in Nebraska. Of course here, yeah. Of course here in Michigan, uh, we've got what one hundred and seventy million for the uh, Mega Millions, the multi-state lottery that Michigan participates in. So, I'm going to participate in that. I think I'm going to win. In we, oh, you're going to win. Yeah. Can we have an ITC lab? Sure. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> well, there we go. We may have an ITC lab coming up. Uh, <laughs> all it takes is the, the, the Mega Millions multi-state lottery to fund it. That's all. But uh, we'll, we're going to work on that, right? Mm -hmm. Sometime Absolutely. before Tuesday night, right? Sure. Okay, good. <laughs> there we go. We've got a plan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how realistic it is, but we've got a plan. She seems pretty... Uh, Bonnie seems pretty confident that she's going to win the... Uh, 170 million in the Michigan Mega Millions, but we'll find out. Build the lab in the, uh, the haunted winery there. <laughs> Ooh, is there enough? For, we, we may have to buy the. Uh, <laughs> the floor. You can build it. You're, you can have it in the ghostly talk studio that you'll build. Oh, okay. We'll build a, a new one. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know how we're gonna find another haunted place to put <laughs> ghostly talk. <laughs> we have the haunted basement. Now we have the haunted Warren Winery. Uh, we're going to find another haunted Even place. Even your anniversary shows are from a haunted place. Yes, that's true. You guys so. are going to be the house of all sorts of spirits. <laughs> <laughs> the house of spirits. Uh, the house of all sorts of spirits. I like that for the next uh, studio. That's what we'll have to do. Um, so, okay. 
What does it take? What does it take to, because we're, we're coming up, we've only got 18 minutes left. What does it take to get everybody together, everybody running in the same direction? Um, uh, I know not everybody's going to agree. That never happens, right? That, that just doesn't happen. We're human. But what's it going to take to at least get everybody eyeing the next advent in ITC, subtle energy, and putting it to use? What does it take? Uh, go ahead. No, well, I, I think like you know, Mark was saying, I, I work pretty much uh, alone, so I don't have too many problems with uh, resonance or you know, negative intentions or emotions or things like that. But uh, I think what's going to have to happen is that there's going to have to be some type of integrity within a group um, and, and a group effort because uh, intention is is a real important factor in this uh, human intention. You know, intention is an unwavering force that delivers a chosen set of actions or ideas to a desired target, and that would be communication. And it, it emanates out from your navel area just above it and is directed through our thoughts and uh, driven by our own personal powers. But if our personal powers are tainted, you know, if one does clashes with another, then it kind of cancels it out. So you have to have all that intent uh, being broadcast, you know, to achieve what you want to happen, and it all has to be in resonance with each other. Otherwise, the waves, the energy waves, tend to cancel each other out. That's kind of a simplified version, but that's what I would, you know, think would be the next uh, step that way. And I, I, yeah, I agree, and I take it a step further also, and uh, maybe and say that it would be good if people who are at this point thinking about the same things would. Uh, come up with a list of topics and share them by email and whittle them down to a set of topics that they think are the most important for the future of the world and for the future of this work. Then maybe have a meeting someplace, just get together for a long weekend and uh, rent, rent uh, some hotel rooms, you know, in a little meeting room. Maybe a dozen people get together and just uh, film the meeting and uh, make a record of it and see what kind of uh, brainstorming is done. Sometimes that's the best way to get uh, thoughts out here on Earth, you know, just hold a meeting and get people talking about things and brainstorming. Excellent idea. I think that's a good idea. Um, what do you think would happen if, now, when, and let me set this up first. When I was in high school, I used to participate in the science fair, right? It's this uh, national thing that happens to high school students who are interested in that kind of thing. And and they they are tasked, if they desire to do this, they are tasked with the uh, um, uh, coming up with an idea, coming up with the hypotheses and then the method the testing methodologies and stuff like that. They're tasked with this and they 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 can either do it or not. It's not even extra credit, I don't think. It's just you either do it or you don't. And uh, you, you build a, an experiment, and you do the experiment, perform it, and usually it takes a lot of help. I mean, I remember when my brother was doing that, he, we would go to the tech center, the General Motors tech center, and they had a scientist there work with him, you know, and give, give him the opportunity to use the electron microscope, for example, which, by the way, is really cool. And the... Um, so so they, they do this kind of stuff, and, and what what would happen if... A high school student 
for example, decided to create a uh, an experiment around subtle energies or around ITC or around even EVP, uh, around anything paranormal. Create this, uh, create this experiment, perform this experiment, do the, the board that you have to set up with all your data and things like that, and then enter the science fair with it. What would happen, Marcus? Um, I think if it's done properly, uh, this, this field of research we're in, a lot of scientists, mainstream scientists, don't like to do it or talk about it because they have reputations to uh, to worry about. Uh, you know, they don't have to worry about my reputation. But um, a lot of uh, scientists won't recognize things for that very reason. So if a project like that was done by a high school student, I think it would be a very interesting project if it was done. You know, keeping you know so, so that you're not uh, just saying things without backing them up with scientific fact. Um, you need some kind of evidence of whatever you can gather, and if you don't have the evidence, then speculate it, you know, in a way. So I think if it was done right, um, it's hard. To, it depends on the actual teachers and judges, you know, how it's going to be received. Uh, there's still a lot of negativity. There are people out there that think doing what Mark and I are trying to do is dealing with the devil. So. It just depends on the individual schools, but um, I think that'd be a great project you know, to, as long as it was presented scientifically, so that it, you, know, you don't come across as a nutcase or something. Yeah, I think it would also. You know, I think it would be good too. I think if the experiment resulted in uh, sinking a continent, he might be judged down a little bit. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think. Uh, I think that would be an excellent. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it would be an excellent project for a high school student. Well, I think I think so too. Um, I, I happen to be reading one of my favorite websites, uh, Slashdot. <laughs> it, it's a geek website, and and I thoroughly enjoy it. And I happen to read this thing about the the patent and trademark office gets patents, right? Uh, and they have to approve or disapprove them. And a fellow just, um, oh, can you scroll that up, Will, just a bit? A fellow just uh, got challenged, finally. <laughs> um, people apply for patents all the time. And there, there's this one patent called, does it say, the Worsley Twist Warp Drive? Um, it, it says that what you have to do is you have to take a, a spherical superconductor, uh, scroll down a bit, a com commute commutator device, a super cool jacket, uh, two motors, and vertical rails, and poof, you've got a warp drive. Okay? There's some other thing, and, and they, find, they, they said, we need you to submit a working prototype of this, because <laughs> obviously you can't. But scroll down a little bit. I, there were a couple that interested me. Um, Device for transmitting future information to the past by integrating left electron into Morse signal system by using information transmitting speed zero second of spin of electron blew off right and left. Okay. Uh, and, and there's actually three others, I th or two or three others in there talking about sending information to the past or to the future. Okay. Um, these kinds of things are not possible right now. <laughs> Why are people 
submitting for patents on these things. Are, are there any patents on ITC and EVP? Uh, people are thinking about this kind of stuff, and, and obviously they're willing to put their money where their mouth is because you've got to pay to submit a patent. It's like 130 bucks or something, or 390 I don't remember. It's like a, I think it's a multiple of 13, the though. Complexity of the patent. Oh, yeah, the number of, uh, the number of um, uh, not assertions, what do they call them, items? They're... Uh, well, anyway, the, the uh, number of point bullet items that you list uh, depend, you, you know, makes the cost of your patent go up. But I'm wondering what people are thinking about sending information back and forth from the future to the past and back and forth and up and down. But um, why why are why haven't I heard of people filing for patents on ITC stuff? I'm not sure, but I think. Uh the catch-22 with patenting this subtle energy equipment is that before you can patent it, you have to kind of explain how it works. <laughs> and we don't know how it works uh, or why it works. But like the illuminator I have, the only working parts are two fans. The fans pull air through a plexiglass tube that has liquid-filled rings in it. And the, the rings have been programmed with intention, the way crystals are programmed with intention, because liquid is like a living crystal almost and uh, you can't patent that stuff because it doesn't fit into the scientific paradigm uh, you, you can't as far as I know you, you, you need to explain how this works and there's no way to describe the working the way this works in scientific terms so that might be a catch-22 I'm not sure yeah it would be a it'd be a very hard thing to uh, to try to file for a patent because you you can file for maybe parts of it for a patent, but the actual technology is, is hard to patent because it's not even in existence yet. You know, it's yeah. hard to, to prove certain things, and uh, so that would be kind of hard. As far as you know, sending information into the past and all that—that's actually coincidentally my next show on the Shaman's Brew. Yeah, that's what it's about: is sending data and information into the past to affect the future. But it's not done technologically. It's it's done. It's more of a shamanic uh, meditation and altered states and that type of thing. It's done with the mind. Interesting. Looks like we'll have to catch the shaman's brew coming up. <laughs> um, definitely. And and uh, you do that. Is that every week you do shaman's brew? No. Right now, that's uh, that's on another another radio station mm -hmm. uh, called WPBN, and I have the link up on my site, Sacred Soils. But uh, and I think it's. Or not, but that's a, a monthly show. Oh, that's I have a segment in that show. That's right. So that's I'm going to be upgrading that so that it actually becomes a show in itself. Oh. A weekly one-hour show, and that's that other show will still be in existence, but uh, this is like added to it. Um, but, you've given me something to look forward to, Marcus. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you're thinking along those lines. There's a question in the chat room. Um, let me read it to you and get your impressions. Is the absence of advanced alien civilization in the universe not an indication that our own ed evolution may be a dimensional rather than a high-tech physical one? Max Zabo asked that in the in the sounds chat. Like Max. Yep. <laughs> so so there's there's a couple of premises here that there's yeah, a. Yeah, I, I would say that. <coughs> you know, with the with the SETI program, you know, trying to find. You know, uh, ETs out there. I think they're going about it the wrong way. Personally, uh, I don't think they're going to 
transmit on radio signals. I think they're going to be using subtle energy. You know, interdimensional energy is what they communicate with. Um, but I think that's that's part of it. That there, I believe there are other beings out there. Uh, I've witnessed things myself. I've talked to people in the military that have uh, have actually chased these things. And uh, so I, I believe they're out there. What they are, where they come from, I don't know. But I, I think that uh, the reason that we don't see a lot of it is because we're not communicating in their uh, their spectrum. And they're kind of slipping in and out you know, as they want. So, I agree exactly. I think uh, when they blink in and blink out of our, out of our world, it's because they're not just shooting off into space someplace. They're just changing their vibration into a subtler realm to where they're not, they, they leave our world in that way, then they can move anywhere instantly in, in our physical universe and blink back in. And uh, once we can learn how to do that, then space is no longer the obstacle that it always has been for science. And I think, like Max implied, uh, the universe or the megaverse is teeming with life at all levels. And uh, the fact that our physical universe doesn't look very active out there when we look through telescopes doesn't mean that there's no life. It just means uh, life is on subtler dimensions. Ah, yes. I don't think I understood any of that. Other oh, really? than <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I mean, it, it made sense. But uh, but I, I was trying to also read the... Uh, you know the, what they're saying in the chat room, and I probably shouldn't have been trying to do two things at once. But I, I agree. I, I think that perhaps their uh, life is, you know, is dimensional, and and we could um, uh, or interdimensional, and and if we ever could pop in and out of different dimensions, we probably would be seen by aliens of you know as from lesser advanced uh, races as well. I mean, if you're popping into some other race who can't do it, it probably looks like magic or advanced technology, right? Yeah. So, even though it's just us, but we're yeah, doing I, it. Then. I often wonder if uh, sightings like shadow people or you know, the elusiveness of Bigfoot and different uh, cryptozoological things like that that we just can't seem to find, I often wonder if they're possibly slipping between dimensions, especially shadow people, since, mm -hmm. you know, if if they were pressed up against our our three-dimensional world, that's about what they would look like is just a, a flat shadow. And and my uh, well my my own opinion on that is is very similar. I, I think that they're probably not native to our own reality. And the same thing with uh, the Mothman, for example. It was here and then it was gone. Well, what is that? You know, <laughs> I mean. It, uh, yes. It could come back at any time, too. Uh, well, that's what I'm... Well, I don't know if I'm hoping or hoping not in, in the Mothman's particular case. Probably hoping not. <laughs> the Mothman was seen as being, you know, the cause of the bridge disaster, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know if I want something like that. But a Bigfoot, that would be cool. I'd love to see one of them. You guys, we have one minute left. One minute, which which is terrible. Except, but uh, but that's only, that leaves us with less than a minute with uh, Marcus Leader and Mark Macy. I have to say thank you very much for for coming on the show. I'm glad that we were able to uh, bring you two together to hopefully exchange uh, some ideas. Uh, you know, learn from each other. 
uh, and things like that. I hope that, that you guys will continue to talk uh, via email, telephone, uh, smoke signal, whatever, um, and, and develop this stuff. Yeah, I definitely look forward to hearing more of uh, the results that Marcus has in his at home. I, I'm, I've got a good feeling about his, uh, his his research. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely you know keep you updated on that. And I'm not interested in making money off this technology. I'm just doing it to kind of further advance our understanding of these things. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I can definitely keep you updated on that. I, I want to say too to all the listeners that that Mark is a true pioneer in this uh, field is very controversial and unexplored but uh, uh, you know it's been an honor you know, being here with him and, and uh, talking and sharing ideas like that but I, I think that he will in the future go down as a pioneer in this field well thanks Marcus I, this has been real enjoyable for me and, and me as well um, Marcus Leader of SacredSoils.com and, uh, of course, LeaderResearch.com. Both of them, you throw a www in front, you'll get to it on the web, okay? <laughs> uh, and, of course, uh, Mark Macy of WorldITC.org. Same thing with the www thing, okay? Uh, and then, of course, our own website is www.GhostlyTalk.com. And thank you to both of you. And that concludes this show. You have been listening to The Shaman's Brew on Jackalope 105 FM on the Jackalope Media Network.